Hello, this is IP Stories by 4IP Council, a podcast about innovation and intellectual property. Join us and you will hear about the journeys through invention, creation, and IP understanding of our guests. This episode is part of a tech transfer special, a series of interviews to better understand the transfer of knowledge from research centers, universities, and laboratories to the industry and our lives. I'm Fernanda. And I'm Marta. And today we are happy to welcome to our podcast, Dr. Patrick Schaltaff. Um, I hope I said that right. So, Patrick, thank you so much for having this chat with us. First of all, could you tell us and our listeners about yourself and your career? Yeah, of course. Happy to do that. Uh, hi, Marta. Hi, Fernanda. And hi, everybody. So, uh, I'm currently 40 years old, happily married, and uh, I have one son, Casper, in fact, uh, who uh, with, we are living in uh, the neighborhood of Leuven. In fact, in a small village, Hoegaarden. I don't know if you know it, but it's yeah, where one of the best beers in the world is brewed and named mm. after. But okay, uh, Marta, I guess that's not what you are looking for. So a bit more to the professional side. Uh, um, yeah, I'm the managing director of the Center for Drug Design Discovery, CD3, uh, which is in fact a combination of an investment fund and a drug discovery center. Uh, this is quite unique, and it has been established by LRD. It's the Leuven Research and Development. It's the tech transfer office of the KU Leuven. Uh, and together with LRD, also the EIF, European Investment Fund, uh, agreed to establish this, this CD3, this center, to focus on discovery of new potential drugs, always based on uh, academic, innovative science, on collaborations with universities and small bi biotechs. But aside from that, yeah, I'm also the managing director of System Leuven. Uh, it's a non-profit drug discovery company working with CD3. Uh, and uh, there is a team of around 50 people uh, yeah, working in this uh, ecosystem to discover new, new drugs. But okay, it all started with my studies of pharmaceutical sciences here at the University of Leuven. Uh, I did a PhD in medicinal chemistry. Uh, so this is really the, the art of making new compounds that uh, can cure or treat a disease. And uh, I did that at the Rega Institute uh, here, uh, the, the Laboratory of Medicine Chemistry. And I also did some postdoc research after that. But then I moved into, in fact, into this yeah, exciting world of technology transfer at Leuven Research and Development. I worked for several years in the IP unit uh, for the analysis, protection, exploitation of new inventions made at the university by professors. Uh, and I could somewhat focus on inventions around new targets, new therapeutic approaches, new drugs, in fact. And that was very interesting. Although the work also at IP unit also covered other types of science uh, research at the university. And during this period, I became a European patent attorney. Um, which I still am, of course. Um, yeah, then in 2005, 2006, we started working on a business plan to stimulate tech transfer in this field of drug discovery from universities. And that's what led them to the establishment, to the establishment of CD3, where I'm still active uh, now. Patrick, there's uh, one thing that you mentioned that really caught my attention. Uh, why did you decide to become a, an European patent attorney? 
Oh, okay, interesting question. Uh, well, while working at the IP unit at LRD as an IP officer, you could really learn a lot and touch all aspects of uh, technology transfer, covering patenting, but also business development for licensing and spin-off creation. Uh, for the patenting then, this included analysis of inventions, writing the patent applications themselves, performing even prosecution of the patent applications towards grants, and so on. And this was really highly interesting. And to be able to do a good job, I, I felt that I needed to know all aspects of this field. In fact, also during negotiations for licensing or spin-off creation, you encounter a lot of issues around IP and you discuss with professionals, experts in IP at the other side of the table. And that's also a reason why I wanted to become an expert in this field uh, so that you can have really important and good discussions with these people. So that's why I followed a three-year-long training course, studied a lot, of course, took the difficult exams uh, to become this European patent attorney, and uh, I succeeded. And I still believe this is really a very good choice because I like IP a lot and the strategy around it. Although currently I'm not performing the work of a patent attorney, but it helps me a lot uh, during my current role. Okay, thank you so much, Patrick. Um, so my question now is regarding you as the managing director of CD3, the Center for Drug Design and Discovery. So um, is basically where is CD3 situated in the process from inventing something in an academic context to actual drug development? So basically, why is CD3's role so important? Yeah, but CD3 performs drug discovery starting from very early innovative ideas invented, invented or identified at, at universities. And we develop real drugs in a collaborative setting with these academic groups. And then we hand it over to pharma or biotech that can take them further towards clinical trials or alternatively sometimes we create spin-off companies so in this way cd3 has been established really as a as a gap funding a gap closing mechanism and we create a bridge between the very early stage academic science and the need for new innovative drug products that can be developed clinically so that's why it is important because this gap really exists and academic science can be used at its best. And we really perform this, this bridge function, which, which yeah, creates a lot of value for everybody. To, to support this, this endeavor, we bring all expertise, capabilities and investments needed for professional drug discovery to the academic groups. And uh, these are all things that are normally not easily accessible for universities, but by working with, with CD3, yeah, they have access to everything, let's say, what a pharma company also has access to. So, so that's, that's a great thing to do it. So in this way, the projects, academic projects, new ideas can be validated, de-risked, and at the same time, a new drug product can be discovered. So yeah, in short, we enable the, the optimal translation of the great fundamental science performed at universities so that new drugs uh, can come out of this and benefit society, patients, but also benefit pharma, biotech, and at the end also investors. There is uh, one key word, collaboration, that seems to be particularly important in this sector. 
whether it's with academic research group, pharma partners. Would you please tell us why is, col is collaboration so crucial in this sector? Yeah, you're fully right, uh, Fernanda. Um, and, and collaboration is very important. And, and the reason is that uh, drug discovery is, is really highly multidisciplinary activity, as you know, with many different stages and this spread over a very long time period. So to do good drug discovery, you need a lot of expertise, a lot of tools, know-how, creativity, and, and so on. Uh, and just already for that reason, collaborations are important in this field. As you cannot have all knowledge and expertise, or especially all tools, in-house. Uh, it is also not cost-efficient to always have everything ready in-house and not being used. So, yeah, also financially even, drug discovery is an expensive and risky business. So collaborating with other investors and co-investing in drug discovery is part of the, the game. And then specifically for CD3, we are built on the concept of collaborating with other parties. Uh, at one hand, as I explained, we collaborate with, with academic research groups where a lot of new insights are discovered and innovative approaches are, are proposed. While they already have a wealth of tools available to be used in the drug discovery process. At the other side, we also collaborate strongly with biotechs and pharma as they are our partners for exploitation and they will bring Canada drugs further to the clinic. So also pharma and biotech embrace this notion of collaborations now much more than in the past. And they realize that collaborations are important for drug discovery and development and that not everything can be developed in-house. And also their IP is then of course a crucial aspect uh, in this respect. So focusing on the IP aspect, what's uh, for you the role of IP in drug research and discovery? The IP is really central to what we and others do in drug discovery. And that yeah, really enters all stages of the process at different levels. But there is, of course, the aspect of having your own proprietary IP, which is very important for multiple reasons. But there is also the aspect of FTO, freedom to operate. Yeah, you need to make sure there is FTO, freedom to operate, for performing a certain project, because it can be that there are patents from third parties that cover aspects of your project. And then this needs to be analyzed, evaluated, to see whether or not this is really covering what you are doing and whether a potential license should be taken or collaborations should be installed. But of course, the most important thing about uh, IP is that you need patent protection for the potential drugs you develop. Um, yeah, having proprietary rights allows you to have this exclusivity for at least 20 years. As you probably know, for therapeutics, yeah, this is extendable with five years. But this allows you to balance all the risks involved in developing a drug. It, it also enables these collaborations that we discussed about in the field of drug discovery and, in, and development. And therefore, yeah, securing these, these patent rights on a certain drug is really crucial. This is the fundament, yeah, together with all the know-how that is developed in the project to allow licensing, exploitation, collaboration in general, and, and allows other parties, in fact, yeah, to pick this up and uh, yeah, develop things further with some certainty for their investments. So for this reason, yeah, I think it's clear that during the discovery and development, drug discovery and development, different levels of IP protection are looked for and play a really important role in, in the life cycle of a drug.
Uh, I was wondering, what are your thoughts regarding potential policy changes in this area that are impacting you? Yeah, the potential policy changes, in fact. Uh, but in fact, yeah, all policy changes in the pharmaceutical, biotech field, in the impact field, in the IP field will have an impact on our activities. Uh, if, if policy changes on research funding, for example, at one side of the spectrum or at the other side about reimbursement and pricing of new medicines, in all cases, this will impact us as a very early drug discovery unit. Um, this is then also the case if there are changes in the policy or laws in the IP field. And then perhaps, yeah, just to give you an example, uh, very recently, uh, now last, uh, last month, let's say in June, uh, Belgium adopted a new law around research exemptions, uh, whereby the scope of this exemption was uh, restricted. And it means that, yeah, this really influences the way we analyze projects, whether we will be able to do the project as we could before, because again, the law around IP now in Belgium changed, uh, changed recently. So, yeah, we have to follow all of the policy changes uh, very closely. Yeah. You were saying like now in Belgium there is there are all these policy changes. I was wondering if um, if they affect the whole of Europe or yeah. So this this policy change now here in Belgium is in fact a consequence of a change in European legislation. So Belgium still had to uh, install new laws, uh, but because Belgium was quite. Uh, broad in, in accepting research exemptions and now Belgium adopted it more to be in line with European regulations. So this is indeed an international thing of course and, and the US uh, even has other laws and other rules. So indeed it is a an international uh, system that you have to follow up and, and watch. All this talk about drug research and discovery makes me think about the pandemic that we just went through um, and the importance of, of the vaccine. So how did you leave the COVID pandemic as managing director of CD3 and SYSTEM, the Center of Innovation and Stimulation of Drug Discovery? And was in this case collaboration then more important than ever? Yeah, thanks for bringing this up, Marta. Indeed, yeah, the coronavirus pandemic has been a very special period, uh, I guess for everybody. But okay, I think I can say that even for for us, for me and the team at System, it was also yeah very special because yeah, I, I, as you know, yeah, we are a drug discovery team and we have in fact a lot of expertise in discovering antiviral drugs. So, and as we had done previous work around SARS-1, in fact, the SARS coronavirus-1, we decided that we wanted to do everything we could to identify drugs that could kill or at least block this new virus, the SARS coronavirus-2. Um, but okay, this also meant then that we had to make sure that all lab activities should remain fully operational, while of course making sure everybody's safety was assured. Um, that meant that yeah, we had to implement measures to restrict contaminations, keep distance, wash hands constantly, wear face masks. All of us did that, of course. But um, yeah, it also meant, in fact, that our scientific team had to start working in shifts, for example. 
so that they were to make sure that there were not too many people in the labs at the same time. Um, and this, I must say, looking back, had a really a major impact on people's lives, our team. Um, the whole team was, was, was motivated to do something, and they did this without hesitation. But I'm really still very thankful to everybody for the flexibility they had, the, the energy during this period. Uh, although, yeah, for me personally, this was really a very difficult time. Uh, I also worked hard, of course, but I had to stay home as much as possible because I didn't work in the lab. And, and our scientific team, they had to be here in shift systems, completely different than before. And I really felt a bit like I was abandoning the team, um, which was not the case, of course. But yeah, it was really it was really a difficult time. Um, but it yeah, it also led to something very positive, in fact, um, because during that period, uh, we established even more collaborations. Yeah, as, as, as you mentioned, also, we uh, always collaborate with academic teams and especially with the virology teams of the Regen Institute here in Leuven. And they were really in the center of the pandemic and had to work day and night during this period. So yeah, to, do, to develop even diagnostic testing or assays to test anti-coronavirus compounds and so on. Uh, but still, the team of Professor Johan Nets and ours immediately decided to collaborate together and uh, to discover potential new treatments for yeah, against the coronavirus. First via repurposing and afterwards uh, by targeting the main protease. Yeah, this is a bit scientifically, but by targeting a specific viral protein that if you block it, the virus cannot replicate anymore. Um, so yeah, we initiated the collaboration with Professor Johannes, and even more after some discussions with our, within our network with biotechs and pharma, we were able to join forces with the very experienced antiviral drug discovery team of Oligos Therapeutics. So this is a company, in fact, headquartered in San Francisco, but they have a subsidiary here in, in Leuven, also in the bio incubator. And by combining all the expertise, capabilities, and financial means of Johan's team, Aligos' team and ours, so real broad collaboration. Yeah, we felt we had everything in place to really make a difference and go faster and be more efficient in order to deliver a, a corona antiviral as soon as possible. And okay, happy to mention here now that we were in fact very successful, at least until now, as far as we know. Uh, this collaboration has delivered a clinical kind of drug with very nice properties, really fast. And it is uh, for sure killing all coronaviruses, but it is now currently being tested in healthy volunteers for safety in a so-called phase one study. So, yeah, corona pandemic period is something to think back of as, as negatives and positives also at the end. So you mentioned uh, the team a few times in your last answer. Um, I was wondering... Uh, what quality is the most important one for an inventor to be successful in drug discovery, in your opinion? Yeah, Fernanda, indeed. Uh, it's, it's in fact not such an easy question to answer huh? because typically, as I already mentioned, uh, drug discovery is a team effort. Huh? And it's not just uh, one person or an inventor uh, that, that, that is the, the, the crucial factor. 
But at the other hand, um, yeah, it's also clear when thinking about this that one of the most important qualities of a good drug discoverer, let's say, are a critical and open mindset. Um, combined, if you want, because it's perhaps all the same, combined with good analytical skills, uh, problem-solving skills, creative skills, let's say. Um, yeah, I believe this critical mindset is really so important in drug discovery, as, as it is really a, a very complex uh, thing to do, and it is uh, very easy to be dragged along into a certain direction, which will eventually lead to nothing. But okay, when you have this good critical evaluation and, and good critical evaluation of, of, of uh, results, then yeah, this can typically be avoided and you can stay on track, let's say, forward to the fastest route to a new drug. Yeah, this, and, and this analytical and problem-solving skills are, of course, linked to that, as you encounter in drug discovery all the time issues. And drug discovery is, in fact, a roller coaster with a lot of with some ups and a lot of downs and you need to always get over the hill again so yeah this problem solution capacity is, is very important so speaking about roller coasters from your experience as an inventor and a patent attorney what could you say of the interaction between the patenting process and the development of a drug? Well, the patenting process and development of a drug, yeah, that's that's really a hand-in-hand -hand process. Uh, but during the life of a drug, many different inventions are made concerning the drug and patent applications are prepared, filed, prosecuted in order to uh, protect this drug, of course, in all its aspects. This can go from, from uh, the drug molecule itself to its medical use, different forms or salts, uh, the manufacturing process, formulations, treatment schemes, and, and many more. This patenting process is, of course, a long process. Huh? But yeah, also the drug discovery is, is a long process. And that's where this interaction is... is constantly uh, present, and that's what makes it also so so interesting. The, the, again, the patenting process can influence the life of a drug, but on the other side, new inventions made in the drug discovery process influence your patenting process and the strategy also. Should at the end your patenting process be seem difficult for a certain drug, this may influence your decision-making for further development and vice versa, New inventions about your drug can influence again the patenting strategy. So yeah, okay. I think it's clear this is this is a constant interaction and, and therefore close follow-up of results of scientific results uh, is very important to de make decisions about a patenting strategy and and uh, vice versa and make sure they are aligned in fact. So, Patrick, at CD3, you also invest in, in drug discovery projects, startups, and biotechs. So I would like to know, what do you look for when thinking of investing in an early stage drug discovery project or a startup? But thanks, Marta, for the question. And I don't know, perhaps you are now expecting that I would answer, well, we want good IP and good patents. Uh, I don't know, because that's what we are discussing about. But in fact... I can tell you that IP and patenting is, of course, important, but is really not the most important in this early stage drug discovery that, 
that we are looking at, or in the early stage spin-off creation even. And the reason is that we create the IP ourselves during the project, so yeah, we don't need this proprietary patterns from the start. So I don't know if I disappoint you, but IP is not the most important. Uh, but in fact, when evaluating projects uh, or startups, yeah, we really look for these sound rationales that a proposed mechanism of a drug could impact a disease without detrimental side effects. And this, of course, then based on good quality science and associated data. Yeah, this is what we call, in fact, the target validation. And, and this is really important and it, because it is the foundation of the whole project. Uh, it, it, it determines the whole future of a project, in fact. And if that is wrong, yeah, then you invest the whole time on a wrong concept. So, yeah, that's why it's really one of the more important aspects to investigate early and, and so on. That's why we have indeed in an, in an early stage a lot of discussions with potential uh, partners. We read a lot about the science. There is a lot of question and answers being asked, critical questions. Uh, and, and sometimes even experimental validation is involved in this evaluation process. And uh, yeah, that's I think the most important, but not the only one, huh? to be clear. Yeah, as we discussed already before, as we really collaborate with our academic partners on a project, the partner team is also very important. So, yeah, a collaboration is always difficult, but with a good team performing good science and communicating regularly about its progress and being open for discussion, that's really also crucial. Uh, the team really needs to be motivated to enter with us in this process of drug discovery, because as discussed earlier, yeah, this is not academic research. It's, it's different, it's new also for them, and they need to be open-minded to take the steps together together with us. So, yeah, those are, I think, very important aspects. And aside from that, yeah, there are other things that we look at, like, is there a clear medical need for a, for a, new, a new drug? Uh, is there a disease, indeed, for which there is no satisfactory treatment today? And is there also uh, sufficient market potential, for example? So yeah, we are at the end an investment fund. So also the investors need to have the potential for return investment. So it's also a very important point uh, to look at. That makes sense. Thank you, Patrick. So speaking about collaboration once again, and, and particularly for a disease that there is no treatment uh, right now, I believe, uh, apart from the conservative one. During our research, we discovered that CD3 is partnering to develop an antiviral for the dengue virus, which holds significant promises for regions like Latin America and Asia. Um, given the potential implications of climate change, do you believe this development could become increasingly vital for other regions as well? Yeah, indeed, uh, very well uh, identified. Uh, we, we discovered a potential drug clause, clause against dengue virus in collaboration again with Professor Johan Neitz here at the Rega Institute and his team, and also with the, report, with the support of the Wellcome Trust. Uh, we partnered this compound class with Janssen, uh, J&J, Johnson Johnson Company, and jointly discovered then a great candidate drug that is really highly potent in blocking the replication of all dengue virus serotypes. 
which is really a great accomplishment, in fact. And yeah, this compound is currently in the hands of Janssen and is in phase two clinical trials. Yeah, this was a great example of a very successful collaborative drug discovery effort, which led to a potentially very important uh, drug. But yeah, important to mention, it also led to great science as uh, published in several journals, including twice in uh, the journal Nature. So yeah, this really proved that our model of drug discovery together with academic teams based on good science can be very successful. And this in tech transfer with IP and valorization, but also academically with very nice publications and things to build uh, further. But to, but to get back to your question about dengue, well, yeah, dengue infections are, are really a big problem in Latin America, Asia, uh, indeed. Uh, up to, I don't know if you know, but up to 400 million people are infected yearly, with around 100 million people getting sick every year, and this number is increasing. Uh, the infection is in fact uh, spread by a mosquito, the tiger mosquito, uh, to humans. And there is no treatment available, and vaccines today are not uh, sufficiently potent. Uh, so developing this drug is really very important. Uh, it could be used as a prophylactic, it could be used to treat patients. And yeah, we hope, of course, that the drug will move forward in clinical development as fast as, as possible. But as mentioned, it's, it's transmitted by mosquitoes. And it is also so that this mosquito, the tiger uh, mosquito, can infect people with dengue and is spreading to our regions, let's say the West or Western Europe or, or whatever. And, and, and this is prob probably a consequence of, of global warming and of climate change, as you mentioned. But okay, I'm not a specialist in this field, uh, but okay, it seems that mosquitoes can survive our winters as they are becoming warmer. And even last week uh, in Belgium, there was a study published that uh, yeah, the tiger mosquito survived our past winter. So yeah, climate change is uh, impacting that and then we need a dengue drug. So hopefully it will be there quickly. As someone that um, was born in Brazil, I thank you and I appreciate your work on that. Uh, I see a lot of people getting dengue every year. so. It's, it's really very important. Thanks. Great to hear that. Hopefully we, we can make a difference and have some impact. Sadly, we are reaching the end of the podcast. So before we go, could you tell us, Patrick, what are you currently working on? Oh, Marta, what a, what a closing question indeed. <laughs> but uh, thanks. Yeah, but, but oh, we are working on so many uh, interesting new projects. Uh, yeah, aside from the projects in virology, which we already discussed some of them, but we also have other coronavirus antiviral programs ongoing. And in fact, we are very active in the field of pandemic preparedness against the next viral pandemic. So yeah, this is really one focus area. But aside from that, we have programs in the field of oncology, inflammatory diseases, neurodegeneration like Parkinson's disease, metabolic disease, and so on. So, okay, if, to highlight and perhaps the more advanced programs, which is very exciting, in fact, yeah, we are currently working on a new mechanism to block inflammatory processes, such as in uh, diseases like the lupus. It's about C-gas inhibitors. 
Uh, and this is an enzyme that normally serves as a defense mechanism. It's in the part of the innate immune system, but in some cases can cause uh, or sustain a disease. And uh, yeah, we are making the C-gas inhibitors in a collaboration with very good colleagues in Prague uh, from the IOCB. And we just received very nice results and believe this mechanism might really make a difference for many diseases. And even for chronic inflammation, who knows, involved in aging. So yeah, we are uh, really eager to see the next steps of this project. Sorry, too many and, and too little time <laughs> to discuss, I guess, but I can assure you all very innovative and new developments are on the horizon. That's great, Patrick. Thank you so much for sharing this time with us and giving us so much insight on your work and the research done at CD3. Thank you so much, Patrick. Bye-bye. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Thank you for listening to IP Stories by 4IP Council. Visit our website on 4IPCouncil.eu to find out more and check out the links mentioned during this episode. If you liked it, remember to share and subscribe.